0: Welcome back to the house call week one is in the book. So we're looking forward to week two. We got Thursday night football to cover before we get there. But first let's give a big shout out to one of our new affiliates. That is lids.com. If you were a guy who loves having lids on your head, like I do, I got all kinds of hats for all my sports teams. I'm picking up some Patriots stuff here soon. You better believe it. I'm going to go to lids.com. We'll use the link in the description of this video to help support the podcast and help support lids. They got 30% off all the time on all of their stuff, including right now. You can get anything you want there for 30, up to 30% off in their store. And that's all your merch and everything else included. So go to the link in the description, get yourself a new lid, rep your team. But Sammy, lid, let's talk about Thursday night football. Now I'm gonna go ahead. I wanna get this hot take out of the way. I came Ooh, into work this go. morning. I came into work this morning and uh, I there's a couple of football fans where I work. And uh, I was talking to the guys. We were discussing the Minnesota Vikings. And how their defense is not good enough for them to be successful this year. And let me explain. In two games, the Minnesota Vikings are a minus six in the turnover differential. Okay? The defense has forced one turnover in two games. They lost to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers and only gave up 246 total yards. But they turned the ball over three times. And all three of them were Kirk Cousins. He had two fumbles and an interception. Fast forward to this week, or to Thursday night. They faced the Eagles, significantly better defense. And they toast them. They absolutely toast Eagles in the air. Kirk Cousins threw for over 300 yards. They had four touchdowns through the air and no interceptions. But they fumbled the ball four times. And the defense didn't force a turnover. The Eagles didn't play exceptionally well. But the Vikings made it so they didn't have to. And that's been the story. I mean, you look to last year. They were undefeated in one-score games. To start the year this year, they're 0-2. And one of those teams, they should not have lost to. So I started looking at the the Vikings schedule. And you know what I saw? Five actual guaranteed wins. Five.
1: Ooh. Five only.
0: Five okay. only. All right. And okay. I'm gonna read them off to you. I'm gonna read them off to you. The five okay. wins I see them getting that you could pencil in, no brainers. Panthers, week four, bears, week six, falcons. And that is going to be let's see seven eight nine
1: even the falcons are a tough cookie man
0: yeah i know they got the bears again later in the year and then they they finish off the season at raiders at cincinnati at home against the lions and the packers and then back to the lions to wrap up the year there's only five games in there that they win and they lost to the buccaneers and i had that as a win guaranteed win there was not another game on their schedule the way the rest of the teams have looked so far and the way the vikings have looked that they're going to win. The Vikings have a better chance of being in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes than they do in the playoff picture in the NFC by the end of the year. That's my hot take. Kirk Cousins will not be a Viking. They may full rebuild. Get as many picks as you can and sell everything. Maybe minus Jay Jettis. Because at this point, if that's the Vikings team you're rolling out there, turning the ball over three and a half times a game, and you're losing to the Tampa Bay-led – Baker Mayfield, Buccaneers, <laughs> you're in trouble. I agree, and that, it's bad. Agree. Yeah, so gotta... I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you this, Lid. You're wearing your Eagles jersey. You you know the Vikings have been there. They've been a playoff guy, playoff team for a hot minute now. Are the Vikings done? Is this it?
2: I think the Vikings they caught lightning in a bottle last season. To be honest, uh, what they what they won eleven games, about uh, one touchdown or less.
0: Yep. So like, those they kind of caught
2: lightning in a bottle with that. Uh, right now, they're zero and two in those in those same type of games. They lost by six to us, the Eagles, and they lost what by three to the Buccaneers. Uh, so yep. it's kind of flipping. It's kind of flipping for them, and uh, they lost a lot of pieces last from uh, the last season. So they they minus a lot of pieces. They got a new DC, as you talked about uh, a few moments ago, and Brian Flores, a, a different defensive scheme. You like the blitz. You like to play man. I just don't think they have the personnel at the skill positions uh, to play that kind of defense. Uh, they really limited on on, on uh, offense outside of Jettis, Kirk Cousins, he's about top 15-ish fringe, uh, and they don't really have a running back. I had high hopes in Alexander Madison coming into the season, uh, but it's like he's regressing a little bit. That offensive line is, is patched up. They missing two starters coming into the Eagles game, and it was already a mess, so I got to agree with you, man. I think they're in for a full-blown rebuild, uh, blow it up. Uh, like you said, I don't really see too many wins on that schedule. That division is, is sneaky good uh, with the Lions. I think the Packers are better than what a lot of people is not getting them credit to be. I think the Bears come along as the season progress. Uh, so, Vikings may, may catch themselves at the bottom of that division, if, if you're being honest.
0: Yeah, so, yeah, I, mean... I got to agree with you, man. It's definitely looking that way. It's looking like, they, like I said, I, I was talking to my buddy. I said, you know, I could see them having the, the number seven overall pick. Easy. Five, if you really get into it. I mean, they're really just competing with the Arizona Cardinals to not have the worst record in the NFL. And like you said, the Panthers aren't going to be an easy write-off. I mean, the Bears, if they progress, you talk about you, all of a sudden you're down to four. And the Packers, I had the Packers sweeping them after what I saw from Jordan Love. But, I mean, their offense isn't doing bad. Jettis has over 300 yards. TJ Hawkinson had two touchdowns. Jordan Addison has two touchdowns. Like they have guys. They have a good head coach. Brian Flores is a good defensive coordinator. It is just like you said, the offensive line has been slowly but surely regressing. And the entire defense looks like it belongs in an old folks home. Because I, I just don't see how they recover from this. There's, there, I mean, There's got to be some in-season trades. And you're talking about, is that worth it? The trade away draft picks to try to shore up positions to make this team serviceable again
1: i mean if i'm being completely honest i could have seen this coming from even before the season started um brian flores was never going to fix this defense overnight and the pieces that he had are just not enough like let's make it very clear it's just not enough now i want to highlight kirk cousins because yes minnesota has lost two straight games this year, but I don't think Kirk Cousins is really the main reason why Kirk Cousins yet yesterday outplayed Jalen hurts. Yes. He outplayed Jalen hurts. And the only reason you could argue the only reason the Minnesota Vikings, or rather the only reason the Eagles and the Vikings were actually like clashing for a little bit at the end of the game was because of Minnesota's turnovers. And this kind of brings me to my next point. And I, really, and I agree with you, Joe. I do think the Minnesota Vikings should turn to a rebuild very soon. I think they're kind of directionless right now with a bad offensive line, uh, relatively bad defense. About a bad defense here. And yet the Eagles didn't look that impressive. I mean, Jalen Hurts didn't look that impressive. And this is kind of where I'm kind of leaning towards right now. This Eagles team is pretty clearly not better than last year's team. And that in and of itself is dangerous when you have two uh, Niners, when you have the Niners and the Cowboys looking they did last year. Now week two is still a couple days away. So we have to see how that ends up. But with that being said, Jalen Hurts does not clearly is not feeling Brian Johnson as his offensive coordinator. He clearly is not. And, he just doesn't seem to want to make any of the throws that Brian Johnson is asking him to make. I mean, he had like 12 carries and like 31 dropbacks. He only, he threw for like, I believe like 23 pass attempts and had 18 complete, which is a great completion percentage and credit to him. But that interception was just bad, right? Even his big Play to Devonte Smith, his fr- the first big play was pretty underthrown. There was pressure, so I'll give him credit for getting the ball out and giving Devonte a chance to make a play, but underthrown nonetheless. I feel like right now the Eagles are missing missing Shane Steichen a lot. I Feel like the explosiveness from AJ Brown and the explosiveness from Devonte Smith, or lack thereof, it the the, the explosiveness is not there. And it, it kind of is, it's holding this Eagles offense back to the point where the Vikings defense, which we all agree here in this panel, it looks a little, it, it's its pretty bad. It's supposed to be oh, on paper really bad, yeah. but somehow, some way the Eagles are kind of dropping down to that level of, it's kind of stagnant. The play calling's not there. Jalen Hurts isn't making the throws he's usually making. They had to rely on the run game. And of course you're going to rely on a run game with a defensive with an offensive front line. Like you have with the Eagles. I'm surprised they didn't do it sooner. 28 carries for Deandre Swift. That should say the whole story. So while I'm encouraged by the run game and that's evidently who the Eagles are a running football team, I really would like to see some explosiveness in the next couple of weeks from the Eagles. Because right now, against a bad defense like the Vikings, they put up 34 points. But that was kind of due to the fact that the Vikings are turning the ball over. Not so much so that the the Eagles are driving down the field with the exception of a couple of possessions.
0: Yeah, I mean, Hurts was sacked, you know, I believe it's four times. Uh, They did get over 400 yards of offense. So, I mean, you can't really knock them there. The running game definitely led them the way the passing game is getting worked out. Like you said, new offensive coordinator. I understand they're going to figure things out. I think they have the talent and the coaching on the team to figure things out. And if
1: I might also add in, Jalen Hurts was pressured significantly less than Kirk Cousins. And yet Jalen Hurts got sacked more. So yeah. that to me is speaking to his pocket presence right now. It's a bit shaky. I feel like he's running when he doesn't really need to. Granted the offensive play calling right now is not good. So I could understand why Jalen's kind of bailing from the play, but if you're getting pressured only like 11 times and you're getting sacked four, that's a bad sign. In my opinion, especially when the guy on the other side is getting pressured like a lot more and he's only getting sacked twice.
0: Yeah. And I, like I say, it comes back to play calling. Quick outs. I mean, if you're getting pressure and you're having trouble staying up in the pocket, you, you you design quick plays. The good news is that Kirk Cousins has Jordan Addison, who's a crisp route runner. He's got crisp route runners all over the field. Quick outs, everything like that. Right. But I'm gonna I'm gonna disagree with something you said. This is Kirk Cousins' fault. Kirk Cousins has accounted for five, five of their seven turnovers. He had two fumbles. Or oh, remember he had. Let's see, he had three fumbles. Here, two fumbles and an interception against the Buccaneers. If I'm not mistaken. And he had, yeah, one interception, two fumbles against the Buccaneers. And he had uh, a fumble, I believe, in this game. And, a, yeah, a fumble. So, yeah, so he's accounted for for almost over half of Was that sack years.
1: fumble really his fault, though? I mean, he had no time. And, and that offensive line is really bad.
0: We've as already a quarterback, discussed this. if you get sacked, you hold on to the damn football. Yeah. That, I mean, I that happens all the, all the time. And you know what? In, in Kirk Cousins, if he's going to, if he's, every time he's going to get sacked, I mean he got sacked twice and he fumbled the ball once. He got sacked, I don't know. I'll, I'll tell you how many times he got sacked in that Bucks game. He got sacked one time or let's see, two times in that in that Bucks game. Both were fumbles
1: But so, I, I feel so like if if the defender if,
0: sacked four if, times and three of the times he put the ball on the ground, it's a seventy-five percent right, bro. Literally, but but t- is this is this is this Kirk Cousins' fault?
2: Kirk Cousins, um put the turnovers on him, if, it, if it's coming directly from him, no matter if, it, if it's a uh, uh, strip uh, sack fumble, where the, uh, the sweat coming off the edge. But like like, like Joe said, you got to be able to able to have that pocket awareness. You got to be able to hold on to the ball. Uh, even if it, if you got to get the ball out a little quicker. But Kirk Cousins to me, he always been a quarterback. Like yesterday, you can look at the, the box score. You can say, oh, Kirk Cousins had a great game. But did he really? It's like he do that. He he's a quarterback. When you need him, he's not there. So when it, when the game is 0-0, 7-3, but when the game is what twenty seven to thirteen, now Kirk Cousins make plays. He packs the stats. He airs it out. But when when you really need him, you get a three and out here or a fumble here. And that's really just been a story of his career. So uh, I mean, I won't, I, won't, I won't put it solely on Kirk Cousins. I think it's a mixture of everything. Uh, you gotta you know you you got a patched up offensive line. You got one of the best defensive lines in the game. You're not going to be able to get throw the ball 60 yards down the field every play, so you right. got to get some quick game going. But they didn't have a run game either, so it was just I, <laughs> it was and, a mixture of everything. And that's
1: another and that's another thing I want to kind of touch on. Let's talk about the plays that the, the turnovers from last night, since we're we're blaming all on Kirk Cousins. The sack fumble. I'll go ahead and give you the sack fumble. Let's go. Let's say we go, go ahead and give you the sack fumble. All right, which I don't personally think is completely Kirk Cousins' fault. But to your point, you got to hold on to the fault. Let's look at the first turnover. Brandon Powell, literally in territory. He fumbles the ball. They're at the 30. He fumbles the ball. Kirk Cousins is in prime position to, I thought would be close to the red zone. You could almost bet with Justin Jefferson that they, that they score. After the Jalen Hurts interception, Alexander Madison gets a carry. What happens? A fumble right there. And What is that supposed to be Kirk Cousins fault? No, absolutely not. The last play, the last fumble, which is probably the topic of conversation. I don't know why people are calling that touchback thing uh, a terrible rule. I personally disagree. You fumble, you fumble, don't fumble the ball, but just, (laughs) yeah, I bet. Right. I bet it's frustrating. Let me, let me tell you, man, Kirk Cousins throws it. Is it a bit underthrown? Absolutely. It is. Absolutely it is. But Justin it but the important thing is Justin Jefferson made the catch. From that, from the catch on, it's on the wide receiver. Oh yeah. And what happened? Justin Jefferson, a yard away, they turned the ball over. That's a punch in for a touchdown that Kirk Cousins misses out. That's three possessions that Kirk Cousins, where it's out of his hands, he can't do a damn thing about it. Where you where the, the likelihood is they probably score. Like well, maybe that not that Alexander Madison fumble, but the other two they likely put points on the board, and that could be the difference of the game. So I don't, I don't agree with this. Look, the first game, if you want to throw that on Kirk Cousins, fine, sure, go he ahead.
0: Three hundred forty-four yards and two touchdowns. I mean, there's nothing a lot different between this game and the Eagles and that game in the Bucks. He did that, the same thing. He had two turnovers, but two turnovers. Like it doesn't.
1: But, but with that being said, the the game script is completely different at the same time the game script is completely different because the offense for minnesota is is pretty is rolling for the most part the only thing that's holding the back again is the fumbles from, from whether it be by kirk cousins the other three from jefferson madison that's from uh That's points on the board, specifically from Jefferson and Powell. That's points on the board that Kirk Cousins has the potential to score that he does not get the opportunity to prove himself to you, Joe, to you, Lid, to any of his. Like he he doesn't get the opportunity to score and beat this team on prime
0: time. I mean, my problem. Okay. Last thing on the Eagles Vikings. We're going to move on. We've been on this one for a minute, but here's the thing. Okay. Kirk Cousins threw the ball 44 times against the Buccaneers. He threw the ball 44 times against the eagles he completed 31 passes against the eagles and i believe it was 33 against the bucks yeah and so hit 344 364 8.3 per completion 7.8 per completion on average two touchdowns four touchdowns a pick two fumbles against the bucks and a fumble against uh the the eagles i'm sorry whether it's Kirk like I'm not a big Kirk Cousins fan I think that he's he gets a lot of credit for the people around him makes him good right I've seen too many bad Kirk Cousins games with mediocre talent at the skill position players say he's a good quarterback and I do agree with lit he pads his stats I mean like but at the end of the day the biggest problem with this Vikings team they can't hold on to the football they've proven it everywhere and they're getting I think they had 28 total rushing yards against the Eagles good defense and they had 41 rushing yards against the, the tampa bay buccaneers not an okay defense right so they're not running the ball worth of shit. so everyone knows that, that they're going to pass and you know Kirk cousins is going to turn the ball over at least once a game that's all we've proven he's got over 50 percent of their turnovers right now and it's that's not i i, I get it he's thrown for 300 yards and touchdowns but ball security is going to be a problem for this team and that's why i think they only got five wins but um, as much as Sammy's hates it we're moving no, that's on fine, that's fine the last fine. word in but we're going to cool. start we're going to start here uh with Sunday's early games we're going to make these pretty quick because some of these games I just don't think they're going to be interesting so we're going to start with uh Green Bay and Atlanta I think we're all kind of on the same page with this one I think Atlanta might keep it around make it interesting this is actually a lot closer uh for the sports books than you would think they're only given Green Bay I think a half a or no, they actually have Atlanta here. If I if I'm reading this right, by uh, yeah, they
1: have Atlanta as a favorite one and, I'm pretty and a half sure. points
0: right now. Yep, and it's, it's mm-hmm. at Atlanta one and a half points. I I think that that's a little closer than than what I saw. I mean, Green Bay played very very well in Week One against a team that a lot of people thought was going to be up and coming and be very very good in the in the Bears, and Atlanta got what Carolina, if I'm not mistaken. So let's not pretend here. Like, like Atlanta did anything crazy. I mean, they went up against a rookie quarterback in his first game, uh, but Ritter does what he does. He doesn't throw the ball a lot. He's efficient. He's, he keeps the ball clean, you know, 15 of 18, 115 yards and a touchdown. They ran the ball very well, uh, but you know, they're not going to throw the ball very well. They're going to play or keep it you know, close. They're going to try to like do things, to take care of the ball. But I got the Packers in this one. Lynn, where are you at? I got
2: the Packers. Uh, Think the Packers win because they literally just played the same type, the same type team they played last week. They played the Bears, Falcons, and the Bears are two similar teams, two similar to style offices. They want to run the ball first. Bears led the lead in rushing last year, uh, about 158 yards per game. And the Falcons want to run the ball, so it's going to really come down to the Green Bay stopping them. And if Green Bay, let's say Green Bay, get about 10, 12, 10 points minimum. Will Rittler be able to pass the ball and uh, make plays with his arm? Uh, so I got to take Green back.
0: Sammy, where are you at, man? Uh, I
1: hate to complete the hat trick, but the Packers are winning this game. <laughs> um, on But I do disagree with you lit on this point. I do think, you know what, we're going to get to the Bears later. The Falcons are going to be a run-first team, absolutely. And if you stop the run... I personally don't think Desmond Ritter is a good quarterback. So I think if you stop the run, you stop that offense. And I trust Matt LaFleur. Ironically, I don't think anybody would have said that Aaron Rodgers was there. I trust Matt LaFleur here. I think Jordan Love is is doing well, did well in that system. Granted, it's against the Bears. I, I believe that Jordan Love was very poised. He made good decisions. Much like Desmond Ritter, he didn't turn the ball over. But I think Jordan Love has a lot more talent going for him. The accuracy is there as well. Um, I thought he played okay against the Bears. I didn't think he played anything crazy like some of these other people are saying. I, I do think he took advantage of some broken plays, some screen passes that got that yardage up a little bit high. But I do think Jordan Love is going to be a successful QB in this league. Um, and it's going to continue here against Atlanta.
0: Absolutely. So moving on, we're gonna be talking Raiders bills here. Obviously, Jimmy Garoppolo led Raiders. It wasn't pretty, but they got the dub over Denver. And now they have an even tougher task. They're going up to Buffalo. They'll be playing at noon on CBS. And it looks like bad news. Jacoby Myers is listed as out on the injury report with a concussion. He had a hell of a game nine receptions 81 yards and two touchdowns he will not be on the field however the bills are giving up right now 172 yards on the ground and they're coming up to the rushing leader from last year josh jacobs in that offense so guys i'm I'm gonna be honest with you this game's uh this one I feel like is, is the opposite direction, right? I felt like the Packers weren't getting enough love going into Atlanta and that that game was considered to be a lot closer than it's actually going to be. I feel like this game is, is going to be a lot closer than anyone thinks it's going to be. I think the Raiders are playing gritty right now. I really like that. And there's a lot of questions on how this Bills team is going to react. And so this is a tough game for me. I think Buffalo is going to take it. As much as it hates me as a Patriots, I'm wearing my Jude on jersey right now, so you can tell. I don't want to say this, but I think Buffalo get, is going to take this game, but it's going to be significantly closer than a lot of people think. So I'm gonna. I mean, that's just my opinion. I don't know. Maybe I'm crazy. But Lid, what, what you got on this man? Raiders or Bills? I gotta
2: agree. I'm. am t- taking the Bills, but I do think the game is going to be a lot closer. Only because uh, Josh McDaniels is very familiar with the with the Buffalo Bills and Sean McDermott. Uh, they had a lot of battles. New England, Buffalo Bills, same division. And uh, Josh McDaniels don't get a lot of credit, but Josh McDaniels is definitely a great great when it comes to scheming up. You know. Scheming up plays and scheming up uh, ways to win. You know, we saw it against Denver. Uh, letting him, you know, he schemed up that one. I feel like, uh, but the Bills. I think the Bills won by probably eight, seven, eight points. Uh, but they ultimately won.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's it's that's a one-score game. I they're favored seventy-one percent over the Raiders right now. I think that's astronomically high. Sammy, what do you think on this game, man?
1: I disagree with you guys. Look, and I'm not saying this because I think um, Las Vegas is a bad team, even though I just think that Buffalo should be at a level where they should blow this team out. And Buffalo, Buffalo, in my opinion, this is a big game. And contrary to what other people would like to believe, other people like myself think it's going to be a blowout. It better be a blowout. (laughs) because if this game is very close, I promise you Josh Allen's not going to hear the end of it. And neither is Stefan Diggs. Neither is Sean McDermott. Neither is this entire coaching staff. I'm telling you this right now. Josh Allen got a lot of flack in the media. Okay. He better come out against a defense that is not intimidating. He better come out and have an amazing game. And. I, like i expect it dominant on the on the run dominant in the passing game i expect if he makes a single turnover i i am not gonna even get into that he better not throw a single turnover against his las vegas raiders team i expect a blowout if it's not a blowout yeah stand by <laughs> yeah
2: max Crosby, max, max, cries, max cries, can make the game tougher
1: yeah, yeah. I, I mean, yeah, he's the one, he is the one I, I should have mentioned lit lid. lid you, you're absolutely right. Max Crosby's that one guy he's up there like a top five pass rusher by far. He's that one guy that I think could make to, to cause fits, but I feel like they're going to double him a lot and make somebody else beat them. And Josh Allen, he's going to use his legs a lot. So yeah.
0: I mean, yeah, it's going to be an interesting game. I think it's going to be a lot closer. Uh, I, I get you what you're saying, though. He better have a blowout. But there's a lot of turmoil that's been in Buffalo, even from the offseason. I mean, Fra- or Leslie Frazier said he wasn't going to be there. They had some injuries. Guys got older. And then you talk about, you know, just recently, I mean, we're talking, what, last week? We hear a, a hot mic in the press room where some reporters talking, you know, local reporters talking trash about Stefan Diggs. And now you have even more turmoil. And remember, Stefan Diggs wasn't showing up for training camp practices for a little bit there. He was in the area. It was like, yeah, I'm not coming. This is dumb like just wasn't showing up so there has been non-stop issues on the buffalo side of things and it seems that it is going to continue i just don't know if the dysfunction can be overcame we're going to find out on sunday we're going to move on here to the next game another noon game on cbs and this one has a lot of intrigue because these are two teams who always face each other well it is the Baltimore Ravens and the Cincinnati Bengals. And this game is really, really close. They, the Bengals are favored right now, 51.5%. Uh, and honestly, this is supposed to be a rebound game for Joe Burrow. I mean, there's a lot of injuries on that Baltimore Ravens team, which seems to be the standard for them recently. I don't know if it's the practice fields. I don't know if it's the game fields. I don't know what it is with the Baltimore Ravens, but they need to get it figured out because they have so many people going on. I mean, J.K. Dobbins is on IR again. His career may be over. Mark Andrews is questionable, did not play last week. Marlon Humphrey is listed as out. Ronnie Staley is listed as out. Tyler Linderbaum is listed as out. I mean, those that's an offensive tackle, a corner, a, a center. They're tight end and their running back. And they're going up against a defense that is coming out to make things happen. They have a bad taste in their mouth in Cincinnati. And you best believe they're coming to play, especially against another division rival. So I'm actually going to take Cincinnati in this game. And the same thing, like we said with the Bills, this better be a show. They better make, especially if Mark Andrews doesn't play, this better be a show. The Cincinnati Bengals, with all those injuries, I just listed the key contributors on that Baltimore Ravens team. this Cincinnati Bengals better come out and absolutely dominate this game? So I'm going to take the Bengals in a landslide on this one, and that's just because they, they need to. It's another need to game. But Sammy, I'm going to go with you on this one, man. Where's your head at?
1: I actually think both QBs bounce back. Uh, Lamar had a very rusty game against the Houston Texans, and that's kind of why I think the game is going to be close. Um, now, it's a divisional game. So I guarantee you, it's going to probably be a little bit lower, lower scoring. Um, I'm talking about like around the twenties, like 20 point, like 21, 17 kind of range. I just think Burrow and Lamar are going to be very, very locked in and you're going to see, but you're also going to see the, how AFC North football is played, which is on the defensive end. You feel me? So I think Joe Burrow and Lamar both bounce back. I think Joe Burrow is going to get the best of them. I think Joe Burrow is just more accurate. I think he's going to make the better plays down the stretch. And he just has the better receivers. Now, the offensive line, I want to touch on this real quick before I hand it to you, Lid. That's a problem. And it's been a problem for years. And I don't understand why. Zach Taylor needs to fix it soon. Because Joe Burrow, look, Joe Burrow cannot keep getting sacked at this rate. Him, you know, not being the most like der- like talented especially like he's not the most physically gifted so if he gets hurt that's gonna affect his career more long term now I I don't understand how they made so many offseason moves last year on the offensive line and yet it's still like the same thing happened uh, aside from like maybe the last like couple games of the season it's it's kind of getting annoying how this offensive line is just consistently um battered up or just not good joe burrow finds a way to make it work so i'm going to assume that joe burrow is going to make it work again this week i got the ball i got my bad i got the cincinnati Bengals by three
0: all right liberty yeah man
2: i got, I got cincinnati just because of, like the, and you said the injuries like the ravens is absolutely depleted and the secondary the line the offensive line the running backs so like they they have skilled players that's that's uh, hurt. You already have um, Marlon Humphrey already hurt too. So, Jamar Chase he's going to eat. He's he him and Joe Burrow historically uh, kills the Ravens. Uh, Joe Burrow threw for four hundred plus yards last season, I believe, against the Ravens. And the Bengals is like a team like how the Browns got uh, the Bengals number. I believe the Bengals got the Ravens number. They beat the, they beat the Ravens four out of the last five. They beat them three straight at home. So it's just like it's just like a kryptonite thing. Joe Burrow just know how to make it makes make it happen against that that defensive uh that defensive secondary. They play a lot of man, uh, which which can be trouble against T Higgins, Jamar Chase. Uh, I think Joe Bixon gets gets in there too, mix it up a little bit. So I gotta take the Bengals. Sense of urgency, win. They gotta have it. I think this game means a lot more to the Bengals than it means to the Ravens. The Bengals cannot start zero and two, in the division as well. So. It has, it has, it's a must-win game for the Bengals. I think, I think they take care of business and, uh, and flex their muscles a little bit against the Ravens.
0: Yeah, they need to because, like you said, 0-2 in that division does not mean you're going to win it. That, that is a that is a death sentence almost right out the gate, and they cannot afford that. We're going to move on to another noon game here on Fox. Is an NFC matchup against two teams that were really big surprises, but they aren't anymore this year. I'm talking Seahawks and Lions, and Geno Smith had an absolute clunker In this week one performance, you could tell how he walked to the sideline. It was an absolute abysmal game, and the rest of the Seahawks team did not play well either. They gave up 334 yards passing, 92 yards rushing, and only accounted for 197 yards on offense. It was not a good day whatsoever for the Seahawks. The Lions, on the other hand, absolutely showed up. 371 yards of total offense, only gave up 316 on the defensive side. They do have some injuries though on these teams. Uh, Manuel Mosley is listed as out, so is Josh Pas- Pascal and Khalil Dorsey. Uh, and then their uh, offensive tackle, Taylor Decker, is listed as doubtful. But, you know, the Seahawks are in much better shape. Charles Cross, Mike Morris, Jamal Adams, Boye Mafé, and Devin Bush are all either out or questionable right now. So as much as I want to think the Seahawks get right, this is not the team to get right against. The Lions are for real. I'm taking the Lions here, even though I think this is going to be probably one of the most interesting games of the weekend. I can almost just say that right off the bat without even Really having to, to, to think about it that much because there is so much going on with these two teams, and I think it's going to be an absolutely great game to watch. But I'm going to go to you on this one, Lid. Seahawks or Lions, man?
2: I don't. I'm not Nazi. Not, I'm sorry. I'm taking Detroit, not taking Seattle. I'm taking Detroit <laughs> uh, just for the just for the simple fact. Uh, the trenches. Uh, Seattle, they, they looked real bad on that offensive line against, against uh, L.A. Granted, you do have uh, Eric, uh, Aaron Donald, one of the, the best all-time uh, defensive linemen. Uh, but Geno Smith, I watched that entire game. I actually had – that was like my last team on my parlay, so and they, and they cost me money, so it was tough. So I, I <laughs> the opening win, so I, got, I was able to scout them real good. Uh, it was bad. Uh, offensively, mainly because they was under pressure and they didn't run the ball as much as they should. They was, they was getting the good uh, yards per pop, uh, but they got down and they start pressing a little bit and uh, Gino Smith, man, he, last year he said uh, he didn't write back, but like he was writing some letters back. Last <laughs> yeah. <one. laughs> to whom it may concern. <laughs> <laughs> to whom make a concern, he definitely was writing letters back, so I got to take the lines. Uh, Lions start out 2-0. Nobody's seen that. Nobody really seen that coming. Yeah, I know.
0: It's going to be crazy if that happens too. And they're they're talking mad in Detroit how loud it's going to be in Ford Stadium. It is going to be an absolute atmosphere. Just insane. I can't wait to see it. It's definitely going to be one I want to watch. And I'm going to have it on the TV. You better believe it. I got an NFL Sunday ticket. I can watch whatever the hell I want. But Sammy, who you got in this game, man? Man, CJ Gardner
1: Johnson has these Detroit fans buying shysties. Okay, blue shiesties, lit. Are oh, you serious? Yeah. What are we doing yeah. here, man? Yeah. Um, look, let me let me explain something to you guys that I feel like didn't get talked about enough: the possibility of Geno Smith regressing. If Geno Smith, if Week One was any indicator of what's going to happen during this season, our projection of the Seahawks earlier this year might go right out the window. Okay and that is something crazy to admit because this is a team that we thought got great like amazingly better at the wide receiver position on defense like there's so much going on there was so much going on this offseason. they're like maybe this team could possibly win the division like that th- there was a po- there were people saying don't sleep on the seahawks and now week one passes and gino smith granted the offensive line didn't look good but Geno smith himself couldn't really get anything going under pressure even when it was clean nothing going and and what's worse is both their tackles are going to be out and that is going to be brutal going up against Aiden Hutchinson James Houston um uh Charles Harris and this pass rush look I know that Lions pass rush like on paper isn't crazy but best believe Aiden Hutchinson is the real deal and he's going up against a backup my goodness! And pray for that man. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm gonna pick Detroit here. I think Detroit's gonna have their way on offense as well. I I do. They disappointed week one. Uh, Amon Ross St Brown got involved, but I feel like ter- towards the second half he kind of drifted out. Josh Reynolds was great towards the second half, but he didn't get involved in the first. I feel like more consistently consistency this Detroit Lions offense. I'm very scared. Ux, guys. I, I don't know about you guys. I think the Seahawks, if they don't, if they don't get it together and Gino, um, uh, does not write back soon enough, it's going to be a very, very rough season for the Seahawks. And I hope that's not the case. Cause Geno Smith is such a great story.
0: Absolutely. Great story. And you know, like I said, it's going to be an interest. It's going to be one of the most fun watched games. Cause you know, if the Seahawks bounce back and the Lions keep doing what they're doing, that game is going to be an absolute thriller. And I can't, I'm here for it. I'm here for it all day. So we're going to move on to the next game at noon on CBS. And this game should be one-sided. There should be a lot to talk about here. But there is because of the injury report. It is the Chargers versus the Titans. And I'm telling you right now, when you got a Chargers injury report that has Joey Bosa and Austin Eckler as well as Eric Kendricks on it, and two of the three are listed as doubtful and Joey Bosa is listed as questionable, There are some questions to be had with what the Chargers are going to look like on offense and defense because they already didn't look good on defense. And that offense, in all honesty, Austin Eckler was the guy. He looked really, really good. But it's back to the same thing we have with Austin Eckler. Is he going to be able to play? Is he healthy? And you know what? Right now, he's not. So here we are, and the Titans are going up against a team that gave up 466 passing yards. But the problem is they got Ryan Tannehill as their quarterback. So I mean, the only thing that the the Chargers really did well was the rushing yards, but that's because it was a shootout. They didn't have the, the Dolphins weren't running the football. Now they're going up against Derrick Henry, D Hop, and Ryan Tannehill. And if that if Joey Bosa is not out there, Tannehill's going to have all day. And we've seen what that man can do with time in the pocket. He may not be as good as he he was once was, but he's as good once as he ever was. And this might be that time. So I'm gonna be right. I'm gonna be real with you. I'm gonna take the Chargers, but I would not be surprised if Austin Eckler's not out there and this Joey Bosa's not out there that this Titans team gets a sneaky one in right here. So I'm gonna go you in this one, Lid. I mean, hey, this, if there was an upset pick, I feel like this might be a sneaky one. This is a dark yeah. horse right here. You, you mentioned
2: you mentioned all those injuries, but the key person that, that that's playing is uh, Herbert. Uh, as long as they got Herbert out there. He's like a Patrick Mahomes. He make he makes up for all those things that's going on offense. Uh, uh, and they're going against the Titans. Maybe if they were going against a more formidable team, uh, it might have been some room for concern. might have been room for some upset. Uh, but the Titans is a bad team. Like The Titans, at this point, they might be on that same tier as the Arizona Cardinals in my opinion. Uh, because I really don't know what direction they're going. They got a quarterback in Tannehill. They draft Malik Willis. Then I mean, like willis not really working out not really giving. they really didn't give him a fair chance to, to be honest and then you draft will levis is like what are you doing then you got an uh, agent Derry henry that you give the bag to uh it's just too it's just too many moving parts i don't know what direction they're going uh the Chargers, yes they're bad on defense. i can't really say they're bad on defense just yet as miami they, they could make anyone look bad on defense uh <laughs> I can't really say that. And as the coverage that they were playing, they played a lot of man. I guess that's their defensive scheme. uh But you can play man against Tennessee and try to stack the box against um, Derrick Henry. I think I think Chargers win by at least ten points. Ten points or more. They should. Uh, they should. They should. <laughs> they should. They should. But will they? We have to see come
0: Sunday. Yeah, absolutely, Sammy. Where you at on this one, man?
1: You know, I was thinking about this game, and I, I just. I'm thinking to myself, I feel like Justin Herbert has way too much talent to not show off his arm. And I feel like under Kellen Moore, there's an opportunity for him to show off why he is a top five quarterback and against this Titan secondary that has, I believe Amani is out. I believe Christian Fulton, their cornerback is out. If there was any time to flash justin Herbert's arm with ekeler possibly being out now is the time the chargers should win this game and if they don't win this game we have a problem i do want to say this derrick henry if, if derrick henry gets the ball like 20 times and they can't stop him all t- times watch out because derrick henry can can absolutely game. even as even At his age right now, he can absolutely fly. I don't know if you guys saw that screen pass that he got from Tannehill and he looked as fast as he ever looked. So look, I'm going to say this is a close game only because of the injury that the Chargers could potentially be fighting. Justin Herbert has to flash that arm. Okay. And I know, you know, we don't want to force the, you know, the throw if it's not there. Look, man, look, you have one of the best quarterbacks in the league use him for 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 jesus sake my goodness
0: absolutely and you know what it's it's like i said it's got to be the herbert show Eckler's not there it has to be the herbert show but we've seen what this offense looks like when they don't have a reliable running back it is not the same it is not the same but we're going to move on to a game that i'm not really all that interested in i mean if the bears lose does it really does it any surprise anyone? If they win, it's the Buccaneers. Does it really surprise anyone? I mean, it might surprise the Vikings fans because they're like, "How the hell did we lose to the Bucks? If the Bears beat them." But I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, I want to take the Bears here. I just, I think that they need to bounce back here. This is a team that should have not be one and zero. I think they're they're both gonna be one and one by the end of the week. But Lit, who you got? Bears or Bucks, man?
2: I'm sure I take Tampa. Only because Tampa, they got a great run defense had a former run defense for years now it seems like Elijah Canty
0: is out Carlton Davis is out there's some injuries on that defense right now so just remember that what
1: is it with Week One and in injuries My goodness, That's what doctors, when you don't get play better, in preseason bro. man My goodness,
2: That's what happens. Uh, but yeah I think they stopped I think they stopped the run. Uh, Still, Buccaneers still got their skill positions. Skill positions are offense. You still got, you still got Mike Evans. And you still got Godwin. Someone's
0: so got to throw him the ball, and that guy happens to be Baker Mayfield. And in <laughs> Baker, I do not trust.
1: Hey, man, it worked you out think, in week one, but, man. You know Who knows? I'm like, yeah, I'm
2: about to say ba- Baker Mayfield, or Justin Fields. I might take Baker Mayfield. I mean, we're being honest. Oh. I might take him. <laughs> I might take him. That's, that's, a, a, that's
0: a that's a rough one. Okay, okay. <laughs> Justin
2: Fields. He, I, I'm a Justin Fields fan, but it's like. Like his year three, man. Come on, we got you. Your number one receiver, we got you. We got you. Um, uh, okay, running back. We got we got you. We got you some pieces around you. Finally, you have to break through this year, man. Is it make a break year from if he if he starts out 0 2? It's going to start looking bad. They oh, might, yeah, he might be in the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. It might be shipping off Justin Fields. You never know. Wow,
0: could you imagine that? Two NFC North teams in the Caleb Williams mix? That'd be crazy. Sammy, where you at on this game, man. I just want to say before I make this prediction, I agree
1: with. Justin Fields needs to read the field so much better, and it's becoming a bit ridiculous given the fact that he has the weapons now. Now the only problem is their offensive coordinator. If you watch the tape on this on the on the game against the Packers, it's like like some of the routes that the receivers are running it's like justin fields can't even like it's like a dumb route construction and you can't really expect justin fields to for the simple fact that the offensive line is so bad but sometimes the receivers are open and even then justin fields doesn't make the throw so you have two sides of the coin and both of water so what are you going to be able to do now, with that being said i'm picking the bears to win this week <laughs> um, i'm picking the bears to win this I'm week because, because it has to look justin fields needs to bounce back luke gutsy needs to have a better game plan construct some more run plays i don't understand why you're trying so hard to make justin fields throw the ball look if you really want to prove the doubters wrong just do what works first and then do prove the doubt is wrong later you got to win a football game make some, um, run plays for Justin Fields, do something that caters to his strengths before trying to do something that we're not even sure you can do, which is read a defense. So my goodness.
0: Yeah. So I have the bears. I yeah. feel everything you got the bears. So here we go. We're going to talk about Kansas city and Jacksonville. This game I think is going to be really interesting. And, uh, I think that it can be even more interesting. In fact, the Clyde Edwards Hilaire is listed as questionable. And Travis Kelsey with that hyperextended knee is still listed as questionable. Now, I'll be honest with you. I've had a hyperextended knee. It is not something you want to risk. I was in a full leg brace for a month and a half. Now, I don't have the doctors he's got. I ain't got the money he's got. And I ain't got the trainers he's got. So he's probably going to come back a lot quicker than I did. But then again, I was also 10, which means everything heals faster because I'm young. So, <laughs> you know, just to be just to be clear here. So I, I don't see Travis Kelsey playing in this game. I know they're trying to keep it, play it close to the best. I mean if it was me i think they probably should have put them on the four-week ir just to, and just to get, let him rest rest come back and be fine but this could be an owen two kansas city team we're looking at here because you know they gave up 371 yards to the lions and uh i got bad news for you you uh chiefs fans the jaguars are built pretty similarly to the lions here they got a really good route runner wide receiver in Calvin Ridley. They got a good number two in Zay Jones and they got a running back core that's absolutely out of this damn world. So you best be ready to go. The only good news is they got Chris Jones back, but who knows what kind of shape he's in. He hasn't played it down. He's coming into this completely without having a practice, without having a training camp, without having anything. And now he's going to try to play defense and hopefully be Feasible to stop the run because they weren't. Really, they were getting kind of ran all over. So I'm gonna be honest with you here. I'm gonna take a risky one. I don't think I picked this in our pick'em. I might have to go change it. I'm taking the Jaguars to go two and zero and send Kansas City to an zero and two hole for the first time in fucking eight years and minimum. So Jacksonville all the way, baby. I got this one right here. Lid, where are you at? Gotta, I gotta, I, I, I
2: gotta go with Mahomes, man. Only for the simple fact is I think I think we're. The whole media world is just is overreaction over that Lions loss. A lot of guys...
0: Uh, that offense of runs through Travis Lions. Kelsey, man.
2: A lot of people got the Lions going far, uh, making a deep playoff run. A lot of people saying the Lions are formidable. But if if, if Kadarius Tony just make one catch, uh, if the offensive line doesn't get an offensive holding on Scott Moore catch, the Chiefs won that game. Without Kelsey, without Chris Jones, the Chiefs won the game. And the thing that's not being talked about right now, but we'll be talking about uh, probably at the next, uh, next week, because I do think the, uh, the Jags lose, is that KC defense. That KC defense is formidable. The pressure that they was getting on um, on, on, on defense, uh, the pressure they was getting on, on um, Jared, Jared Goff.
0: Jared Goff. <laughs> the pressure they was getting on Jared Goff was uh, pretty impressive without
2: Chris Jones. So if you added chris jonah in that mix uh you you might not play a a lot of snaps but even if you could get him on on passing downs it's going to open some things up and uh i think defense is not as good you think they are uh they definitely can be got um we saw a rookie quarterback throw for 230. that's almost unheard of uh, especially someone who, who many think can't really throw the ball too well uh so I think the Chiefs are in a spot where, where they, they can, they, they flex their muscles again, so shows why they're the AFC champs. I think the Jaguars are definitely on the incline, but they're not on, I don't think they're on the Chiefs level just yet. Maybe, maybe later in the playoffs when they meet up again, but right now, week two, give me the Chiefs.
0: All right, man. Sammy, you on this Chiefs train? Um, I'm not. I actually have the
1: Jaguars winning, but guess what? Guess what? Uh... I hate to tell you joe but you're wrong about travis kelsey travis kelsey is going to play this sunday barring any yeah. setbacks according to coach andy this was a report uh about four hours ago play him risky. which I, I i do agree a bit risky but i do think desperate times call for desperate measures and i do think andy reed realizes man i don't have any receivers for patrick to throw to i can't create a receiver <laughs> i can't i don't have a, a juju smith schuster to possibly bail him out uh, i don't have tyree kill i don't have Nicole hardman i don't have these guys anymore i have kadarius toady god bless his soul and chris jones is also going to play so with all this being said you joe you're picking the jags more so because of them you were gonna you're gonna pick them just because kelsey was probably not gonna anything like that i'm picking the Jags because this is gonna be a changing of the guard. I do think Jacksonville is going to stay, make a statement in Duval County. I do think they're going to de- be the reigning defending champs. The champs are going to start off 0-2 for the first time in 57 years. And I, I, I do believe that, that the, Trevor Lawrence is here to stay. And I do believe in my heart of hearts that Trevor Lawrence is a top five quarterback. And he's going to play like it against the Chiefs. He's going to play like it throughout my pick to win MVP. I just believe it in my heart of hearts. Trevor Lawrence is here to stay. And he's oven Ridley with Zay Jones, with Christian Kirk, with an offensive mind like Doug Peterson, with the offensive line that has improved from week to week. I think Trevor Lawrence, this is the year for him to stake his claim into that top five spot. He's my MVP this year. I'm picking Jacksonville.
0: That's what I'm talking about. This next game, we're not going to spend a lot of time on. Two rookie quarterbacks. One of them is on the injury report. The offensive tackle for the Houston Texans on the injury report. Both of their safeties are listed as out, and one of their linebackers is questionable. It's the Colts versus the Texans. You know what? Both these teams are zero in one. Both of them got rookie guys, but you know, I'm just going to I'm going to go with the team that just seems to be top to bottom healthier. I'm going with Indianapolis. Lid, who you got? It's just
2: because uh, Steichen. I think Steichen is one of the brilliant, a brilliant offensive mind. Uh, someone that the Eagles miss dearly right now, in my opinion. Uh, versus uh, Texas, Texas head coach, was a defensive mind head coach. Typically, when you when you got a young quarterback, you want to pair him up with an offensive mind of head coach versus a defensive mind head coach. And uh, we've seen that from week one. We've seen Anthony Richardson had success early. We see C.J. Stroud not have so much success against Baltimore. It was up and down. Uh, So give me the Colts. Uh, It's going to be a close game battle of the rookie quarterbacks. That's always exciting, but uh, I got to take the Colts
0: on this one. Yeah, I Sammy, is this a clean sweep? Colts? Yeah, I got the
1: Colts, and there's really not much to say Two rookie quarterbacks. This really isn't going to affect any of them. This is their second week starting. CJ Stroud is questionable, so we might not even get to see CJ Stroud, which is pretty interesting um but i have the colts winning i think they just have the better overall team and i i do think that ar15 is going to not dominate at all but i think he's gonna have another good game i guess good texan's defense
0: i feel you man so we'll go ahead and move on 49ers rams uh this is a 305 game on fox i as much as i love what, what matthew stafford did without cooper cup they got the the, the star of that game uh Puka Nakua is listed as questionable. There's rumors he's not even playing this week. So I think that the 49ers had too much for him in the first place. It's going to be even more now. As much as I want Matthew Stafford to have a good game, it's not going to happen. 49ers by a landslide. I got 49ers in this one. Lid, where are you at? 49ers,
2: are. I believe they're just on a mission. They got a nasty taste in their mouth how uh, things ended in the NFC Championship game. And they started off pretty good against Steelers, man. They they smacked the Steelers, who was a physical team out out the AFC North. They smacked them around like they was kids out there. So I think they I think week two that carries over. They smacked the they uh they division rivals around and uh they get the dub.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. Sammy, where you at on this one, man? You know when the
1: Niners dominated uh the Steelers, it came to no surprise. Uh, And I'm going to tell you why when we had that prediction for the Steelers and the Browns. But I just want to go ahead and say the Niners, defensively, offensively, they're just a better team than a lot of teams in the NFC. And the Rams are one of them. The Rams, it was a great story against Seattle. This is a different beast you're facing. This is Nick Bosa. This is an offensive guru in Kyle Shanahan. Brock Purdy looks pretty good, actually. Brandon Ayuk is amazing. I have the Niners winning pretty comfortably here. It would surprise me if it's a close game heading into
0: halftime absolutely so we're going to move on to another 305 game on fox this is a rebound game for the giants and the tank for caleb williams tour continues for arizona even though josh jobs had tw- was 21 of 30 for 132. we're not going to spend a lot of time on this one guys we're just going to say the team name because i think we all got the same idea here this is a giants game to win it's back. yeah game.
1: this is it's the giants let's move on i don't yeah. i don't think this much to really it's, talk about as much as we got anything say it,
0: he like, hates to say it's a giant, so he's got to say it. <laughs> Giants, Giants,
2: they have to win. The, the loser, the loser get Caleb Williams.
0: So well, 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 <laughs> got to at that point, right? Got to at that point. So we'll go ahead and move on to a game that would have been very interesting, but unfortunately, with the the loss of Aaron Rodgers, I feel like this is also going to be a one sided game. We've seen the Zach Wilson train. Has he improved? It's possible, but at the end of the day, this Cowboys defense is not messing around. We saw what they did to the Giants, and honestly, as much as that offensive line was getting dealt by Buffalo when Aaron Rodgers was in there, these guys are going up against are otherworldly in comparison to what they saw last week. So I'm going to take Dallas on a landslide here. I think the Jets go one and one in all honesty, the only reason they won that game in the first place when Zach Wilson came in was because Buffalo literally handed it to him on a silver platter. So I don't think we need to take much time to discuss this one either. It's Dallas all the way. And I am picking this one on a landslide as well. You guys agree?
1: Okay, not a landslide. Hold on. I, don't, I, I know we're a bit short on time, <laughs> but I will say this Jets defense is really good. Okay, and and that's why I kind of think that this game is going to be a bit closer. The only thing is, the Jets have Zach Wilson, so I can't really okay. pick the Jets because they have Zach Wilson, and at least Dakota Dallas. Prescott can actually do something. So
2: well, it's going to be a lot closer, only because with the Jets, with, with the Jets can do an offense. Dallas, that's Dallas Kryptonite a little bit. Uh, Dallas are very fast sideline to sideline. They get the pressure on the quarterback passing downs, but Jets. They have a two-headed monster at the running back position. They got Dalvin Cook. They got Brees Hall. You got to lean on them too. Dallas is very small up the middle, man. I know that they very they very small. You run up the gut. But at some point, Zach Wilson got to make plays. I'm not confident in that, so give me Dallas by probably three or five points.
0: Okay, so you're calling a close game. I think I think that Zach Wilson's not even going to give them a shot. I think he turns up all over three times in this game. They sit him down for whoever they manage to bring in off of whatever practice squad or free agency market they have. It's going to be bad. So. But either way, yeah, probably. So we're going to move on to a game that, once again, I don't think this one's got that much intrigue. Uh, we're talking Commanders, Broncos. I don't even think we should talk about it. I mean, pick a team. Does it really matter at this point? I mean, neither one of them are exciting. I think that that, that Washington's probably got more exciting players on the offensive side, uh, but Denver's got what Denver has. It's in Denver. I don't think Sam Howell's going to have anything for that Denver defense. I'm going to take the Broncos here. you guys agree?
1: I think the Broncos 100%. Are going to bounce back, in my opinion, because of the fact that I just feel like zero and two and the Commanders being your second loss that just deflates a season. The, the The Broncos really need this win. I know this it doesn't this game doesn't have a lot of intrigue, but it feels like it's a must win for the Broncos here, for especially since Russell Wilson and Sean Payton, uh, their marriage just started. And starting zero and two is not a good start
0: at all. No, absolutely not. Lid, you agree with us? Broncos got this one. Yeah, I'm taking
2: Denver. Just nice and short, Denver. <laughs>
0: I feel you, man. I feel you. So this is our one of the few games I think that's actually going to be entertaining uh, left on Sunday night here. We have the Dolphins going up against my Patriots. That's right. Yes. Sammy's Dolphins going up against my Patriots. You want to talk about a battle of two quarterbacks in the top five? We got it for you. You want to talk about a battle of two defenses and training in opposite directions? We got it for you.
1: Whoa, it. did I hold on in
0: yards? Hold one on, they're top five. All right,
1: top five in yards. All right, I do. I, I heard top five, and I'm just like, wait, hold hey, on. For this
0: year, they're listed right now, man. If you go by passing yards and touchdowns, they're listed one. In, they're, they're I was about five. to fist
1: pump. I'm like, yeah, I agree with everything he's saying. And then he said, you said top five. I'm like, oh, hey, hold on. they are top
0: five this year, man. I do. What so far, absolutely. You know, and this team it's going to be interesting. Both these guys, they got some people on the questionable list offensive tackle, offensive guard. Uh, both offensive guards, quarterback Jonathan Jones and Devontae Parker all on the injury report for the Patriots. But Elijah Campbell, Julian Hill, Teron Armstead, and Jalen Phillips are all on the injury report for the Miami Dolphins. I think this game is going to be a shootout, uh, but not in the realm of like we're going to see like 40 to 50 points uh, for each team. But more like there's going to be a lot of passing, a lot of interesting stuff, a lot of head-to-head, major hits, always in this division, always in this rivalry. But... I'm going with both these teams being one and one of course i am i can't pick the dolphins that's ew i don't even like that coming out of my mouth hold Sammy, on no hold on actually we're gonna to go to you first Lynn. we're gonna
1: go no, to you first. oh you my go? god you 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 doctor i promise <laughs> you uh, uh
2: I've, been, I've been going back and forth with this pick uh for the last few days now uh but i think i finally decided who i want to go with i'm gonna have to go with joe on this one man give me the patriots only because you say Dolphins the, the, <laughs> Dolphins, the, Dolphins, the Miami Dolphins—they're a track team. They're a track team. But uh, for the Patriots, got for the Patriots to win, I disagree with you on that part, Joe. They, they can't be a shootout. They cannot at all. Fight. They gotta be a backyard fight. They gotta beat them up. Uh, the, the Patriots defense is actually pretty good. Uh, they got a good defensive uh, line. They got a nice linebacker core. They got some secondary uh, pieces. And uh, Tyreek Hill typically don't play well against the Patriots so I think, I think they could, yeah do, yeah. so I think they could get I think they could get at them uh the Miami Patriots rivalry is always back and forth no matter if the, when the Patriots had Tom Love Brady it. Miami still Love found ways to win surprisingly all the time so I think it's, I think it's gonna be one of those times where right? <laughs> everyone's how Miami Miami's riding high Super Bowl two MVP here comes the Patriots give yeah way. so give me yeah. the Patriots
0: I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to preface awesome. something real quick, Sammy. I'm going to preface awesome. something real quick, Sammy. Awesome. Tua doesn't play well against the Patriots, but he, he's got the most important stat recently or in his career. He's 4-0, oh, which I fucking hate. But Sammy... You're damn right he away. is. You damn are away. damn right he is. Let me
1: explain something to you hooligans, okay? I don't understand what this is about. You guys double-teaming me. Pause. I don't understand that. Look, you, first of all, Joe, Joe, for, <laughs> I don't understand how you could say it's going to be a shootout. <laughs> you look at the other side, it's Tyrell and Jalen Waddle, and think to yourself, we have a chance with, with Kendrick Bourne as your best receiver. Respectfully, that's delusional. I agree with Lid though. If you guys are going to win this game, it has to be a back alley brawl type game. It has to be because quite frankly, <sighs> the Patriots are a good team. They're a very good team. Yes. They, 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 they're worth it. They're one of they're one of those teams where it's like I said like I've been saying this entire offseason Bill Belichick one thing you can bet on Bill Belichick doing is having a competitive team. This team is going to stay competitive head to head with the defending champs. They didn't allow a single touch a touchdown other than the pick six. With that being said, this is a different beast you're facing here in Miami. This is different. And 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 let me let me go ahead and explain this. Tua is a lot better than what he was last year tyreek is a lot better than what he was last year jalen waddle you guys talk about uh tyreek jalen waddle you got like you guys tyreek is talking about yeah double team me triple team me go ahead and do that we have another track star on the other side so i you guys should not double team tyreek you guys should not double triple team tyreek because then we're just going to get into our other weapons because tua is very precise and tua is very is going to find the open man and I don't know if you saw the game against the chargers but the guy can create outside of structure now and if he can do that consistently you can kiss your hopes of beating Tua a tug by now let me stop being biased for a second i don't want to go on for much longer but i do want to say this i have the utmost respect for the new england patriots okay despite the fact that i hate that disgusting city of boston you heard me disgusting city of boston and i hate that terrible team the new england patriots i do respect them okay and I do think they, they've been dominating this for years. They used to, at least. Now it's just mid, but it, that's neither here nor there. My point is this. I feel like the, the Patriots defense is not going to stop this team. They're going to contain it, but that's not going to be enough. It's not going to be enough. Containing is not enough against this Dolphins offense. I think the Dolphins are going to win this game on Sunday night. I think Tua Tagovailoa is going to establish himself a solid lock at top 10, picking up defense that's going to have a couple licks at him. But I do think Tua Tagovailoa and the Miami Dolphins are going to get it done, Fin Fam. Stand up. Well, look at these two clowns. My goodness, I cannot believe he does. You know what,
0: man? I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't, this game's going to be good. This is going to be a good. Game. Is, I can't wait is, to watch it. it I, I'm going to miss a little it. bit of it. I'm going to miss a little bit of it. I got a soccer game at six. I'm going to try to like get that over as fast oh. as I can. But I'm going to miss a bit. Of it. But I'll be back. We're going to move on to Monday night football, the first game of a Monday night doubleheader. We don't even need to talk about that much. Saints are going to absolutely just curb stomp these, these these Panthers. It's not even going to be a close game at all. So I'm just going to say that we're probably all going Saints here and we don't need to talk about it. Is that okay?
1: I'm I'm going to go Saints here because they got the Carolina Panthers have a rookie quarterback, and I just think that the Saints are more experienced and they're just going to dominate the offensive line, dominate the trenches, dominate every aspect. So give me the Saints. Yeah,
2: absolutely they might start off 10 and 0. They might
0: start off 10 0. They got a lot of
2: winnable
0: games. And now we're going to go to what is probably going to be the best game of Monday night. And I only say that because the Saints are going to absolutely dominate the Panthers. Uh, it's the Cleveland Browns versus Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, I think this is a bounce back game for Pittsburgh. It's in Pittsburgh. I think that Kenny Pickett and that team need to get right. I think they need to get going. And let's be real here. I just don't think that, that Steelers team is going to start 0-2. They're going to they're going to be one and one. I'm taking the Steelers. They're going to be tied at the top of that division. It's going to be an absolute insane four-way tie in the NFC North by the time Monday's over. Everyone's going to be one and one.
1: Quite literally, my goodness. Uh if I could please go first for this one
0: go ahead Sammy I went ahead I, I kind of steamed rolled on the Dolphins when I didn't want yeah
1: you yeah, did to you did and I I don't appreciate that but it's all good I'm a very good sport Matt Canada is the oh, topic of Jesus. conversation here I'm going to go in on Matt Canada again someone on house call sports I'm not going to say his name Joe you know it lid you know it said that Matt Canada was somehow some way gonna score and beat the Niners. And I just found that impeccably disgusting. The thought of Matt Canada beating the Niners defense. That just feels like it's its just, it's never, it's from another universe. Never going to happen onto the game, onto the game. <sighs> He's facing another good defense. He's going to get clapped again. I don't understand what you guys expect me to say here, Matt Canada, but as the offensive coordinator for the, for the, and as as long as he's offensive coordinator i just don't believe in this pittsburgh offense i don't believe in kenny pickett and now they're facing up against an elite they're facing up against a good defense seemingly i just don't see the pittsburgh getting any more offense in against another good defense give me the the browns significantly
0: lit who you got man we've heard the mad canada hate from sammy you got, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I
2: agree though. Matt Canada is bad. Uh, he's not the guy in, in Pittsburgh. Uh, the last two Matt guys, <laughs> like uh, I feel like Mike Towner, he's, lo- he's loyal to a fault. Uh, at some point, you got to see there's a problem going on, you got to make a change. But uh, I think Matt Canada is good enough to beat the Browns in week two. Uh, as Joe said, I feel like this game is uh, you have to have it pittsburgh is a franchise with a lot of pride a lot of grit they got embarrassed they've been hearing they've been hearing about it for the whole week how 49ers you know basically dog stumped them so they're gonna come out they're gonna come out guns blazing ready to play ready to hit ready to execute i know they had a tough week i know they had a tough week of practice on the other hand you got cleveland kind of feeling themselves they just knocked off the Bengals. So it's a, it's a good old trap game for, for for the Cleveland Browns and uh Pittsburgh comes out on top Bob probably three points. It's gonna be a close game. Oh yeah, a nice divisional rival.
0: Yeah, divisional rivalry games are always always fun to watch, especially in the NFC North. Those those games have been tough, no matter what, how good a team is, no matter how bad a team is, those guys always come to play against each other. But that is all we have time for today. I am Joe, that's Sammy, that's Lid, and thank you for tuning into the House Call. Be sure to like, follow, subscribe on all of our social media platforms. The links will be down in the description of this video. Check out all of our affiliates. You can even check out our website. It's got our affiliates, our blogs. It's all going to be up there. But you can check all that stuff out in the description of this video. We'll see you here next time. Enjoy some football. Football's back, baby. Peace.